Hi, I'm Jack Grimmer at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. In the next hour, much to bring you. We may even not have time for a notice board section. <laughs> it's still TBC at this moment. Uh, we'll catch up with Phil with the latest in a few moments' time with his briefing. We'll look ahead to Saturday's trip to Port Vale, which, of course, you can hear live here on Wickham Sound and Wanderers TV. If you're listening on 106.6 FM in the Wickham area, you'll get full match commentary there, or perhaps you're going. A couple of away games on the horizon, of course. A trip to Wigan on Tuesday night as well in Prospect. We'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield a little later on as well. Uh, many incomings and outgoings. Of course, you might have heard yesterday that Richard Keogh has left the club. Chem Campbell has arrived and uh, there have been a few other uh, incomings and outgoings as well to let you know about as the January transfer window continues too. Thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association we'll catch up with uh, well, continuing a real international flavour to the show. We've heard from a Canadian former player. We've heard from an Argentinian. We've even spoken to Scotsman and Welshman. Uh, this week, Portuguese, as uh, we say a big hello to Cido Giambatti, who uh, has been playing at Salisbury currently, although unfortunately at the weekend suffered a concussion. And... Uh, it's not funny, and uh, but he's recovering well. I'm pleased to know. Uh, we'll hear from him in, in uh, this hour as well. Plus, uh, continuing with our following of the chair girls, we'll catch up with forward Molly Carter, who has played for the under 18s, the uh, reserves, or under 23s, and also. Uh, the first team now as well and uh, as recently uh, scored her first senior hat-trick so uh, lots to look forward to in the next hour plus anything else that we can squeeze in as well uh, but first we'll bring you our weekly chat with Phil on as what's mentioned has been uh, quite a busy week at the club yeah that's January isn't it um, never a dull moment there's always stuff going on uh, not just here but across the division as well I mean uh, Alfie Devine's been recalled by Tottenham, uh, who has been doing really well for Port Vale. So uh, it cuts both ways, doesn't it? I guess there's lots of variables going on, which makes it. Uh, I'm sure it makes it tricky from from a management point of view, but from a, a commentator's point of view, it's uh, even more research to keep an eye on who's going where, what they've done, where they're from, who they are, etc. Um, but it's all part of fun. No, absolutely. And I think for for Wickham fans as well, they, they'll, they'll be excited by well, hopefully excited by by Chem's return, especially. Yes, yeah, and there's a lot of um, the great little link-ups in that as well. I think he scored Matt Bloomfield's first goal as Wickham manager. Uh, Chem scored against Exeter. Um, he signed in the week leading up to a game against Port Vale, uh, made his debut at Vale Park off the bench in, in what was a 3-0 win for Wickham that day. So hopefully we can uh, see history repeat itself there. So yeah, so lots of little uh, interesting little link-ups. But um, yeah, great to see him back. You know, a year older, uh, a year more developed, a year more experience in, in League One, which will stand Wickham Wanderers in good stead. And, you know, I know he got on really well with Gareth McCleary when he was here last year. So it'd be interesting to see those two link up. And I'm sure GMAC's a bit of a mentor for, for, for Chem in terms of a similar position. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. And the club appears to be collecting West Ham youngsters as well. Yeah, Gideon Kadua, I think, you know, we all saw how exciting he looked against Wickham Wanderers. Uh, I thought it was very nice for us to let him score so he could sort of build his confidence before moving, which was a nice touch. But yeah, it was exciting, young, pacey, wide player. I think it's sort of, you know, an, an indication or a nod to the change of style. And I'm sure Sam Vokes is taking great interest in this as well because uh, some pace on either side of him would be really welcome, I think, and be interesting to see how that develops. 
I'm really great to hear uh, Freddie Potts on the, on the chat leader with him that's on, on the website, of course, him, you know, some great insight into, into what he's like as well. Uh, my, my favourite bit was Freddie just checking what the, the Bristol Street Motors trophy was called, of course. Well, you know, he, he's not alone in that quandary. Uh, it's something I check on an almost daily basis these days, you know, along with trying to keep abreast of whatever rules are in that competition. Uh, is the semi-final a two-leg if we get there? I don't know. We'll find out soon, uh, hopefully by being in it. It is an exciting time, as you say, for, for fans and kind of knowing who's going to be coming in, but also, you know, perhaps in a way, keeping fingers crossed to who's not going out. And I guess a bit of a surprise to many that, that Richard Keogh has left quite so soon. Yeah, yeah, he's a big character around the place. Um, but, you know, it's, I think it's nice when clubs can come to and players can come to amicable arrangements. I think it's testimony to Richard Keogh as well that at his age, at stage of his career, he's still desperate to play regular games and, I think it was sort of communicated or understood that that wouldn't be quite as possible at Wickham as it, as it may be somewhere else. And it's nice to see an amicable arrangement. Also, you know, the, the work he's done here since the summer, um, Wickham have got lots of young defenders on their books and would have no doubt benefited hugely from having Keezy around the place at the training ground or match days, etc. Uh, and no doubt on the end of the phone at times too. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, he, he leaves with our best wishes. And the transfer window must be a really interesting time in terms of your your kind of work at the club as well. Yes, yeah, there's always news going on. Um, you know, there's always, especially in League One, keeping an eye on what's happening and, and seeing who's doing what. It seems this year that the, the sort of the loan market seems to be very fluid. Uh, lots of recalls and, and reloading going on. We can have been involved in in that uh, in in Chem and also with with Harry Boys, so going out the other way too. Um, so yes, yeah, so lots of movement. Um, and yeah, and we talked about it a bit in the summer, didn't we? About the you know the, the reintroduction from a Wickham point of view of the loan market. And it's playing a huge part this season for Wickham. Um, so, yeah, so from that point of view, it's always interesting seeing what's happening. Um, but, you know, I like to look around the division as well and, and seeing who's either at either end of the table spending money or, or trying to roll the dice to, to, to drastically improve their position or maybe uh, reinforce their good start and get out and, and aim for that top two. As you say, really interesting to see, you know, after January, what, what an impact any you know new arrivals will have at different clubs in terms of their their form and league position, of course. Yeah, well, the the January window, I think, is quite tricky. Uh, it's quite tricky for everybody um, because it's you're coming into a settled group, you're coming into uh, a settled situation, and in a team in a set way of playing. And you know, we're only a few months away from the end of the season, so it's one of those where you have to come in and, and, and make an impact immediately so whether that puts pressure on on players that move in January that that perhaps isn't quite so much there in the summer I'm not sure but I think in in terms of what we've done with Chem he obviously knows the place inside out he knows a lot of the people here already so that's going to really help him but around the division you know loanees will be expected to come in and and make their mark very quickly and 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 again the ones that have done that in August you know someone like you know Alfred Devine at, at Port Vale for example has made it such a great mark that he's been recalled by Tottenham and will doubtless we, we reloaned out somewhere else, potentially in the championship, as the parent club will look to test them out um, further up. So it's tough, isn't it? Sometimes loans don't work out because the minutes aren't there. And sometimes they work out so well, you still end up losing the player early. So that's the variable of the market. and We're seeing that across the division at the moment. No, interesting times. And also fans will be hoping that, you know, going into this game against Port Vale, a team obviously who we faced recently and they're a side who, who scored late against, well, it was when, when well, the home team on that day. But yeah, obviously after the Lincoln game as well, there must be a lot of a lot of people hoping that, you know, the, the team can kill other teams off and, and really, you know, avoid conceding late goals. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that was pretty apparent after the uh, after Lincoln game in the post-match. And, you know, you guys have asked the gaffer about this as well. And, you know, it's the late goals that, that are hurting Wickham in terms of their league position because you know, we said it on Ring of the Blues this week, you, you kind of mentally tot up the points that, that have been lost in the late stages of games. And then it's human nature. You, you add that on to the position wherever you are now. And the table would look very, very different. And but that's football, isn't it? You know, we got that late equaliser at Derby, so we've we've been on the other side of it too. But I think you know, it's I think the gaffer's approach to it is bang on because it's both ends of the pitch. If Wickham had taken their chances when dominant in that first hour against Lincoln, then it isn't a one 0 lead anymore. And perhaps Lincoln aren't doing quite so much to uh, to push their cause late in the game. And at one 0 you know, with a free kick in the 97th minute, of course, you're going to pump it long and, and stick it in the mixer and, and see what happens. Uh, and on that occasion, they scored. But yeah, if Wickham are two, three goals up, then it's irrelevant what the team do in injury time at that stage. And do you think it's quite nice in a way that we're coming up against a team who, you know, only faced comparatively recently? Yeah, it's always it always happens once in a season, doesn't it, around this time? Look, you know, it was a game that Wickham dominated two days before Christmas and should have won, didn't win. You know, Igpiezu, I've noticed, has since been playing a bit more since then as he's finally got his match fitness up. And I noticed he scored the other week. That was a narrative that Wickham fans were really worried about in that game at Adams Park in December. Uh, I don't think that story's gone away. In fact, I think it's probably developed more from an Igpiezu point of view uh, since then. So that's something uh, to be aware of. Um, you know, much is made of the size of their pitch, uh, how big it is. Uh, so we've got two young wide players available in the squad now. We've got Kieran Sadler in great form as well, so maybe that will play a part. So yeah, it, it's an interesting game, an intriguing game, and the fact that we played them recently, I just think adds to that. And the fact that we are bang on 30 points each as well, 14th and 15th in the table, I think, um, just adds to it too. So yeah, plenty to play for. And back-to-back away games coming up as well, and it really does feel like, although we're just over halfway through the month, there's still quite a lot of games to be played before February. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite a lot of time on the M6 um, for everyone, um, which is going to be interesting. So, yeah, we've got, yeah, well, Port Vale's in Stoke, isn't it? And then it's Tuesday night up to Wigan. Um, and I think we're up again in, in a few weeks. So we're up at Bol- uh, Bolton soon as well uh, on a Tuesday night too. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of travelling. But again, really good opportunity for the new youngsters who are in the squad now to spend time with their new teammates. Uh, and bond on those long away days and, and those times are really valuable I think in terms of development uh, of that um, famous togetherness that they have here at Wickham Wanderers I'm really interested to, to look forward to what the squad will be like coming into the month as well yeah yeah I mean long way to go in the window yet we're just over halfway through the month so uh, I know the gaffer won't be pressed on if there's any more to be done but uh, there's always a glint in any manager's eye when you speak to them at this time of year so it's a case of watch this space. Always great to have Phil on the show. He'll be bringing you the whole match live from Port Vale on Saturday. Kick-off at three, build-up from two on Wickham Sound 106.6 and on Wanderers TV as well. Ringing the Blues returns next week ahead of kick-off at Wigan. Another match you'll be able to hear in its entirety on Tuesday night and more from him on this show as well. If you missed Chatsworth on Tuesday night after Ringing the Blues, I was very fortunate to get to chat to former manager Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, it wasn't really a football chat it was more to do with his band the cold-blooded hearts who back in the summer uh, released their debut album called the cold light of day uh, as i'm sure you realize he's been quite busy <laughs> around that time great to chat to him about the music and of course the fact that he had the combination of music and football management people will say how hard was it and i'm saying it wasn't hard it was easy when you when you You've got that in your life as well. I think it's a passion. I don't ever want to be consumed by the monster that is football. And uh, 
And many people have, you know, many people have, and it's what identifies them. And I think that if you're in that bubble too far in the middle of that bubble, it's not a great place to be. I think uh, unless you make it to the very, very top, I think that being on the outside of that bubble and just being able to just sort of, you know, morph in and out of the uh, of the bubble is a pretty cool place to be because uh, it can consume you. Absolutely, football and football management. And uh, I think we see a lot of problems with people who are out the game that it identifies it's all they've got. Uh, so having something else for me has been really important. And it's a little bit left field. It's music. And it's also a, something that people will go, oh, just because he was a f- thing. And I mean... Far from it. I was. I've always said I was a musician before I was a football player. Which, growing up in in my household with mum as a professional singer and dad as a big rocker, you know, you, you couldn't get away from that. So, yeah, football has 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 paid me and 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 given me jobs. But um, music's always been there. And I think when you hear this and people listening will know that if music's in you, you it's never out of you. It's, it's in you. And uh, and I'm really. I'm not trying to say oh. This is me having had a few doors open because of football. I really want to say this is my big passion. Can people give me the chance and uh, and listen to it and think, you know what? Yeah, we understand where he is there. But um, this world, sometimes it doesn't always go like that. But I'll, uh, I can take the critics. I've been taking them for a long time. So a few more in the music front won't do any harm. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is unusual because uh, we spoke to um, Matt Bloomfield just before Christmas and asked you know, if he'd be performing at the Christmas light switch on uh, as you did when you were in the role. Uh, and he said that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I think um, the extrovert scale in me is, uh, is also very high. And, uh, you know, centre of attention, life and soul of the party. I don't know any other way and not in a bad way. I don't. I don't always want it to be like, look at this, but for some reason, when people smile and they're singing along and they're clapping or the team's doing well and we're winning and it gives people smiles and energy, it really energizes me. And people always used to say, what motivates you is the motivator. And it's exactly that. It's seeing people being happy. It's seeing people believing and buying in together in something that maybe they didn't think was possible. Maybe they they thought was unachievable. So underdogs again, I think, yeah, with the music. But um, no, really proud. And uh, I'll get Blooms on stage one day. He can give some backing vocals. Um, <laughs> I've heard him sing. He's not bad. But uh, he's, he's also got an important job to do at the moment. <laughs> you can hear the full chat with Gareth about the Cold-Blooded Hearts on the Wickham Wanderers podcast feed. And make sure you keep listening to the Wickham Wanderers show in future weeks. Uh, we'll get him back on again to talk about his playing and managerial time at the club as well. Second part of the Wickham Wanderers show on the way in a couple of moments' time here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Tuesday evenings from 7. Hello, Phil here from Wickham Wanderers, host of Ringing the Blues, which you can listen to right here on Wickham Sound every Tuesday from 7 till 8. We'll have all the action from the game at the weekend, plus a whole host of players and guests associated with the club, plus our weekly feature, Till Death Us Do Part, where Wickham fans remember their favourite memories. Only on Wickham Sound, 7 till 8.
still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show. We'll catch up with another of Wickham Wanderers women's players. Molly Carter uh, chats to us and we'll hear uh, quite at length from Wickham Wanderers manager Matt Bloomfield, including, if you heard just a short time ago, Gareth talking about hopefully getting him on stage in a backing vocals capacity. Uh, we'll get Matt's reaction to that as well. But first, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, I'm very pleased to uh, continue the international theme uh, to our coverage of former Wanderers players. I've been speaking to former defender uh, Cedo Giambatti, uh, who's now playing at Salisbury, and as you'll hear, suffered a concussion at the weekend, but uh, still has very fond memories of his time at the club. Yeah, he was good, yeah. We just uh, had a great promotion. It was a great achievement. That was one of the main things. Uh, when I first signed, they said they had five years plan, which was getting to the championship. Uh, a few people laughed about it, but it worked out, and uh, yeah, that was my end with Wickham Wonders, which was great. Yeah, the plan uh, was done. Could you have imagined when, when you first started that it could have gone, gone so well, really? The way the, the owner at the time uh, proposed things to us, he looked very promised. So I kind of believe on his words, you know? Andy, Andy Howard, he was quite good and was quite positive about it. And when he put the plan towards me, I said, yeah, I strong, I strong believe it, you can achieve it. And it worked fine, yeah. I did believe it from day one. Because if, if you don't believe it, things don't work. So I kind of believe it. It looks like I wasn't the, the only one. I think all the, all the staff, all the players he signed, they all believed on his idea. So he worked well. And did you find you settled in really quickly? Yeah, very quickly. It was nice. Um, everyone was welcoming. Wickham was a family club, so it was very easy. It wasn't only about football. They asked about outside life. So this is always good signs when you go into a club when they start to ask you about your outside life and they want to know about you and what you like to do. And So that was quite easy for me to get into the club. And did it feel like a really good step on your footballing journey? Because obviously you come from, from Portugal and playing non-league as well and, and now, now, then at Wickham. It was good. It was, uh, I was a, a very good club as well. I was at Cheltenham and we were doing very well as well. So it's kind of a similar kind of vibe, to be fair. So it was quite easy for me to settle. Cheltenham was also a family club, so it was quite easy. It was I just crossed a bridge from one club to other. I just think we can were a little bit ahead, uh, special in terms of uh, social media and dealing with the fans. But Cheltenham was not far off it, so it worked very well. And great, obviously, that you, you formed such great relationships with with other players. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we had a very good team spirit. That always helps. Uh, we had a few players coming along, but the manager at the time only signed players not about his qualities, but about his their their abilities outside the the pitch. That was the main thing for signing players. So they, they gel quite easy to the group. And it's always easy like that when you sign players, not only about their ability inside the pitch, but outside also. So it was very easy, I guess, to work with all the, all the players around me. Did that feel really nice, especially because you were brought in not only for your playing ability, but for your you know, character and personality as well? Yeah, that's 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 the key point. That's what you can have one player which you can baby, but if you are starting to have more than one and two, that's a problem. You can always take care of one or two and somehow trying to change him, bring him 
together with all the rest of the boys. But at my time a week, I'm not even one player was like that. So he worked very well, yeah. Well, not only a great relationship with the, the players, but also the supporters as well really took to you. Yeah, the fans were great as well. It's like I said, the fans are, uh, had contact direct with the players, which is always key. By looking at uh, 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 other teams and by speaking with other players, that's not always the case. And that's something which can be important in the club, I guess. And it was great that you made so many appearances. I guess when you first signed, you couldn't have imagined that you'd be there for so long and, and you know playing nearly 200 games. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, I kind of gelled straight away. Things were straight away. From fourth season, um, I don't know, things just were great, really. I guess it was because of the 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 people who who got brought in into the club made a, a difference. And to be playing under the management team as well must have been quite special for you. Well, they were, they were, they were the key people. They were the ones who used to bring the bodies in, so... They were the ones who had the final the final word to see who, who comes indoors and not. And um, I was just saying this the other day, something which was very special at that club. It's not only going there and trying. We used to do something completely different. We used to go in and play volleyball. We used to go in and trying to solve uh, any other like puzzles and things like that. Like something completely different than football. And that kind of gelled us together in the team spirit it was good from the chef to the cleaners everyone was involved so that that helped a lot and was there a point where you thought something quite special is happening here in terms of the the plan and actually getting to the championship i think from day one soon as i got together with the with the gaffer and, and with the owner and um, speaking with a few directors, I kind of believe in that plan from day one. Some people might say, well, it's easy to say that now, but I, I, I strongly believe it. After, after, after only a few meet, meetings, I, I strongly believe it. That could have been achieved, and it was achieved. And those playoff games, and obviously getting to the, the final as well, obviously it was such a difficult time with the pandemic as well, but that must have, in a way, made it extra special, really. He did. He did. We 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 were lucky. They treat us very well. Uh, other clubs playing players weren't getting paid, and we can pay us fully. So our families uh, were support, and so our only mindset was completely on the game. Which other clubs players were uh, getting paid half of their wages and things like that, and. Wickham was very good on that, so I think that gave us an advantage in the pitch as well. So the only memory I have is we didn't get affected much by the COVID because we were getting tested between two and two days. We were coming in, we were we were having our normal lives, and that helped us quite a lot. And really great that you, you were such a great group of, of characters and, and you had that closeness as well to sort of get through it. He did. He did. Um, we had the famous five captains, which, when something used to go bad, they 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 always used to take care of of the things inside the group. Things never escalate to the manager. Even when they escalate to the manager, the manager still take care of it. So never any problems never went outside. So it was always solved indoors. Yeah, 
It was a very good setup. It was uh, a thing very well planned and things worked very well. And are there any particular games or occasions that really stand out for you? Uh, it's always some special moments, like when you go in to play uh, Stadium of the Light, when we play against Sunderland, and uh, instead of getting the bus to the stadium, we all walk together to the stadium. No players going at the front, no players going at the back. No, we all together in jail. Also playing against Sunderland at home, getting, getting some um, good crowds. That was kind of the... Um, show what the club can be playing in the future years and that was what happened and the club got got into the championship and then already had had those kind of experiences and that just gives you excitement to to go and actually trying to get into that division that moment definitely stayed in my head playing against um, Sunderland playing against Tottenham away so those kind of moments is the moments who will stay on your head and what would you say are some of the main strengths of the team at that time? I already mentioned one, which was the the team spirit. Never give up, really. Never give up. Play for the shirt. We we had loads of, of abilities, for sure. We had players, which some of them went up finishing in Premier League. Some of them went up playing for England. So, yeah, we had loads of ability, but I think the main thing is the thing I just mentioned more than once, which was the team spirit, I think. And you had some great, great sort of friends within the team as well. Yeah, great. Yeah, different, different backgrounds, different personalities, which made things more in- interesting, really. You want to know what people do at Christmas, what people do on the weekends. Uh, even talking to a chef, we had a Moroccan chef, which I used to speak a lot with him, just see how he used to grow up. And uh, the manager at the time, which which had a Venezuelan partner, uh, used to speak about her and about uh, her youth back in Venezuela. Things like that is always interesting. So you're going to training, not just to learn about football, but to learn about other things. And that was very good for me and I learned quite a lot and uh, I hope they learned from me as well. No, absolutely. I guess it's not really a surprise to you that, that, that someone who is a former teammate of yours is, is now managing the club as well. Yeah, it was basically after after the, the manager, he was the one uh, uh, we most important in the club. He was the one who, who take care of the change room, telling uh, younger players to do this, younger players to do that. So, it was a very, very important um, piece uh, for the success of we can get into the championship. He's someone who know uh, who saw the club having success, also saw the club having a bad time. So he was probably the right person because he knows what needs to be done. And I suppose quite disappointing, perhaps for yourself and also for the fans that that you did leave. But it was nice in a way that you kind of what what you achieved while you're, while you were at the club. Well, things things change. People got uh, got their own views. Um, what's going to be useful? What's not going to be useful? Also, I had uh, a big injured, and then once I come back, the COVID hit, so I didn't have much to to show myself, and um, it was all happen. And then manager make decisions, and then. You just follow your path, the club follows their path, and that's how life is. And great that you're still enjoying football today, though. Yeah, I am, yeah. Even though I, I just 
I just got hit by someone, yeah, concussed. Concussed, is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, all good, still enjoying. Um, uh, my manager, he was someone I used to play with, uh, Weymouth, my assistant manager. Also, I played with him above. So it's great to to go back and work with people I used to play with. And they have, they have I think they got, they got a very good future ahead of them. And it's nice to see people doing well. And I also still playing and still enjoy my football. Well, hopefully you'll recover well from your concussion and, and you'll be you'll be well. It's been it's been it's, it's, it's been very well to be fair. I'm quite, I'm quite surprised. <laughs> it hasn't affected your memory. No, definitely not. <laughs> I remember everything. <laughs> Is it quite nice to be one of the senior players yourself now as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see younger players they come in and, and they ask you questions. Um, I get I get loads of questions about my time a week and special from Aki Fema, how is he like <laughs> uh, around the time? Yeah, he's definitely the one who, who, who I get my more questions from, yeah. So it's quite good, it's quite good. The young players always ask you good questions and you're just trying to give them the best advice as possible. And do you see yourself perhaps going into to coaching or, or management in the future? I don't think I've got the right personality to deal with different personalities. I'm good, but with just a few people, um, it's, it's quite difficult, you know. When you go into football, it's not only about football. You have to deal with people from different backgrounds, different views. And I don't think I have that quality on me. So I don't think that's for me. I would, I would be happy maybe to help one or two individuals, Maybe someone who comes from my background, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, French, more a, a Latino kind of background, which I tell them, listen, you come into England, it's different uh, mentality, different views. You cannot be la- late to train, you know, you know, the Latinos always late for everything. Yeah, I can see myself being useful to help someone who comes from a Latino background to gel into the British football. But... As a coach and as a manager, my sincere opinion is I think it would take me a long way to have some success on that field. Do you feel really proud though, of, the, of the journey that you've had, you know, coming to Portugal and the way that you've adapted to, to English football and the success that you've had? Yeah, it was good. Uh, as I said to you, is I think it's quite difficult for someone from... Uh, a Latino uh, country coming into England is loads of differences. And uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with what I achieve. And I think as well, people think, oh, it's a, it's a very different game, the English English game to, to perhaps, you know, on the continent. Is that something that you found? Have you had to adapt your game? Today is very much similar, but when I first came, no. When I first came, it was a very direct football so I needed to adapt a lot. So everything I learned in my youth team, uh, it was almost none. It was zero. So you, you learn how to play via the back, and it was very direct football, very physical. The referees here, they let play a lot more. So I did struggle at the start. Yeah, my first two, three years, I did struggle myself. Yeah, I needed to get myself into the gym, become more physical. Yeah. I would say when I was 23, I think that was when I was 22, 23. That was when I was ready. When I was 90, 20, it was kind of a difficult journey for me at the start 
because of the differences. But it must be really nice to be able to reflect on, you know, who has influenced your career and, and, and what an impact they've had. You know, you mentioned Akin Fenway, he must have been great in the, in the dressing room, and obviously, you know, Gareth and, and Richard Dobson as well. Yeah, from but but from the start, I'm 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 someone always to never forget things. But from the start, I had some good people around me. Even when I was a non-league, when I was a, a Bath City, I had some great people who helped me a lot. Even going back, Benzisto, Weymouth, even that non-league journey, I had people who gave me some good advice. And then coming into also professional football, I found good people. I was very lucky to find great people. And I am someone who likes to speak a lot with people. So I always get good info. So yeah, definitely. Not only when I was playing uh, higher, but also lower, I found great, great advice along the way. No, it's a really good message. And just finally, what would you, what would you like to say to, to Wickham supporters about your, your time at the club? I just want to say thank you for all the support. Uh, I always had a, a nice spot in my heart for them. They helped me a lot throughout my journey. From day one, they always support me. Uh, I'd like to think I was one of the ones they always uh, used to come and say hi and say how much they like me. And uh, I also love that from them because, as I say, coming from... Um, a different club straight into one club and being liked is quite a, a good thing for you to play your your best football. So yeah, but weekend fans are quite good. They do that with with every player with the messages welcoming into the club. Lately, I have been seeing some signings for Wickham. Uh, I'm quite happy Wickham still believe in players from lower divisions and give them uh, opportunity and the platform for them to achieve something in life. So I'm quite pleased the mentality of the club is still the same. And I'm sure they're a team that you still look out for their results as well. Definitely, yeah. I think they will, they will be fine if, if, if they just believe on the process. The manager know what it takes, and uh, I think they will be fine, I think. Well, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you very much. All the best. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Thursdays from 7. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield looking ahead to the trip to Port Vale and rounding up some of the action that's been happening at the club this week, including the news of only yesterday that Richard Keogh is left by mutual consent and we'll talk more about the arrival of Chem Campbell for a second time as well. But first, uh, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening with Wickham Wanderers women. Uh, our latest chairgirl that we've been chatting to is Molly Carter, who recently uh, scored her first senior hat-trick. Uh, she plays as a forward and has been at the club as both under-18s, reserves and in the first team. Uh, brilliant to get more details from her as well. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's good because as a team, like across the three teams, we used to like train together a lot more. So the step into the first wasn't as bad because I'd already been around the team a little bit. So I knew like the certain names and all that. It was fine, really. 
And nice, I guess, as well, because many might find it quite daunting, you know, that kind of step up each time, especially, you know, from the under-18s to, to reserves to, to playing with the first team as well. Yeah, it was great. I mean, Bobby normally goes down and watches the under eighteen, so it's, you've always got a familiar face. So, yeah, it's always a nice thing going into the first, because that can be like a really daunting moment for me. Not knowing as many people is completely sort of a different environment, so it's great. And as a forward, do you feel a bit more pressure as well, perhaps, to you know to score loads of goals and really do, do impressive stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially for me, like the first bit of the season, I didn't, I didn't have tons of chances, and then they all started to come in a bit of a flurry. But I didn't score, and that was that's that was really difficult for me because that's what I know myself to do, and that's my always what I've seen myself as like the role in the team. So when I wasn't scoring, that was always that was a difficult period. Yeah. For sure. And have you noticed your own development as well, both in your game as you kind of progress through through the ranks, as it were? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Technically, I, I feel like I've developed more as well. Physicality, obviously. Going from under-18s into the first, it's a bit of a step. And it's it's been something I've had to work on throughout the season. And have you sort of risen to the challenge, if you like, with the changes that you, you've experienced at the club with, with the management and the structure and the, and the way the team trains and, and the whole kind of working together in the different different teams as well? I'd like to say I have, but I feel like I've still got a way to go. I feel like I can still develop more and I can give way more to the side. And it's frustrating that I can't give that in a minute, but we'll get there. No, absolutely. And does it feel a bit like as well? You know, you know what it like, what it's like to be you know one of the, the newer ones or the younger ones and, and you can really help those coming through as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully I can help the, the younger ones coming through because I know some. Of, I know most of them, anyways. So that will obviously help them with a familiar face. They can sort of talk to you if they want. If they don't ask you, they can ignore me if they want. But yeah, it's just nice for them. I'm sure they wouldn't ignore you. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably the other way around. <laughs> Because I think it feels like, you know, speaking to different players of different ages, you know, you're all kind of, you probably don't realise it perhaps, but you're all kind of like role models, you know, both within the, the team and the club, but also to, to young players externally as well. Yeah, you wish to be a role model for someone, even if, well, I don't think I am, but I'd, I'd love to be, for sure. I mean, yeah, especially like Bobby and the more senior players in our side, yeah, definitely a role model to, to people. So how would you say the season's going so far, both for yourself and also for the team? Much better than last year, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, sitting about mid-table, there's there's still a chance that we could go up, so we'll keep fighting until it says we're done. And we've got a little run on in the League Cup, so hopefully we can can make some silverware in that. So, yeah, overall, I think it's been a pretty good season so far, yeah. And what would you say are the main strengths of the team? Ooh, we're, we're always up for a fight. We'll always give it. Even when days where we're not playing as good as football, we'll keep playing until the last minute. And are there any particular games that you especially remember or, or enjoyed uh, this season? The bad shot league game. I remember that one. I was sat on the bench. I came on and I put the ball into the box and then we scored from resulting from the ball in the box sort of thing. Uh, like got uh, kicked out and we scored from it. Bobby's goal, I think it was. That was good. And the uh, Abingdon United game. It was a disappointing end, but I feel like we played well as a team, especially against the National League side. So that was, that was a good game. And you got a hat-trick yourself before Christmas. That must have been quite memorable. That was a very good one for me, yeah. Only came, played 30 minutes, so quite happy with that one, really. 
because I suppose every goal it must be brilliant as a, as a forward, obviously to to be scoring, but but to get three in a game that that, that, that must be uh, great, very satisfying. Oh, it's so it's so great because I'd only scored one goal before that, so it was absolutely amazing to get three in a game. First senior hat trick, bit of a landmark there. So yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Loved it. Must give you a real boost as well going forward for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, it really does. It really does. It's just annoying that the Christmas break fell after that game. So I couldn't follow up on it. So that was my aim going into the start of the season. But then I got ill again. So kind of frustrating. But I'm sure we'll get back. we got to. So do you set yourself goals or, or aims for the, for the next part of the season, both yourself and, and for the team? As you say, sort of promotion is, is in reach still. For me, yeah, promotion, absolutely. That's number one. Like, that's what everyone wants. League Cup, win that, hopefully. That's the aim. At least get some silverware in for the year. Something to show for with the hard work and how good we've been this year. That would be absolutely stunning. And then, personally, I'd like to get a few more goals. I'd like to get 10 goals this year. That would be nice. And then get some more assists in my bag. And just generally, does it feel like you're involved in women's football in a really special time because because of the popularity of the sport generally and obviously the success of the Lionesses and the WSL? Yeah, it's great. I I feel like I, there's more respect around the game, and that's that's when I feel a bit more. Especially being the only girl in at five at the minute, it's it's good to have. Yeah, the, the amount of support in the game's grown so much. I wish it would happen sooner, but it doesn't. So you know, it's the fact that I'm just going into that stage now, and the game growing, it's it's great. It's great to see. So many young kids now have more opportunities to get somewhere in the game. It's great. And how do you find the balance of playing and training, but also you know, sort of your everyday life as well? I don't find it too bad. My mum hates it for the washing, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's fine, to be fair. You just got, you've got to find your ways of dealing with it. I've got cricket as well. So, yeah, just making sure you get the work done, keep, keep the teachers happy, and then you're all right, really. Our thoughts are really with your mum at the moment, I think. Yeah, really. <laughs> she struggles with that one. It's so bad for her. <laughs> it does have a lot of washing when you put it like that. It's a lot of washing. Yeah, she don't like me. <laughs> Especially this time of year as well. Get tricky tr- to get it dry as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It goes straight in the washing machine and into the tumble dryer for like two days later. She hates it. Mum's everywhere going, yes, we know. <laughs> She does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> very much appreciated. You've you got, got to have clean kids. very much appreciated. <laughs> You've got to take me everywhere as well on my taxi. So it's a great job they do for me. I love them. <laughs> so, so what do you do outside of football? So I do a VTech sport and A-level art. And then I play cricket as well. Uh, so I have like one session a week training in the winter for that. And then obviously play in the summer. So as soon as football finishes, I go on to the next sport. You have a lot to fit in. Yeah, yeah, but you've got to stay busy. It's what keeps me happy. So. No, absolutely. And doesn't your brother do the photography as well? Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, he does the photography. He does some down at uh, the men's games as well with Andy Rowland. And then, yeah, he used to play football, what he kind of still does, but not to the same level. So, yeah, he, he plays cricket as well. So, yeah, he just comes around, does what he can, really, gives him support. What a hard-working family. Mum on laundry, you on cricket and football and study and, and yeah. uh, your brother on photography. What does your dad do? Uh, he drives me everywhere. <laughs> it's an excellent team effort. Fantastic. Just... Yeah, he really is. <laughs> well, it's great to chat to you. I really appreciate your time and uh, wish you all the success Thank for the you. rest of the season.
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to chat to Molly on the Wiccan Wanderers show. Uh, don't forget you can follow Wiccan Wanderers Women's Progress the Next in Action on Sunday away at Eastleigh. Uh, the following Sunday, they're at home to... Yes, you've guessed it. Uh, Easily uh, follow them on social media, on X, on Facebook, on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, on the Wiccan Wanderers website as well. There's the women's section on there too, where you can get lots of details on the teams who are in action over the various weekends, and we wish them the best for the second half of the season. Focusing our attention back onto the men now, and have been catching up with the manager. Uh, Matt Bloomfield spoke to the media in the uh, session yesterday and started off with what was then the breaking news of Richard Keogh leaving the club. It's a sad day when you lose someone of, of Richard's character and, and calibre, but he goes with our best wishes and our blessing because... You know, he's been incredible for us over the, the six, seven months that he's been here. Um, a real good guy, a real good player, a real incredible career and the the pedigree that he's brought and quality he's brought to the building every single day. So, you know, we had a real adult conversation about how his minutes like might be slightly less in the second half of the season. And um, we came to the, you know, adult decision that um, it was best that we parted ways. But it, it goes with blessing, mate. It goes with good feeling. Um, he's someone I think a lot of and uh, I'm looking forward to keeping in contact and um, in the future because uh, he's someone I think a lot of. Has he brought a lot to the team in his time here, obviously with his experience and, and the position that he plays? Absolutely he has, yeah. On the training ground every day, the bits that you don't see every day, you know, the individual work with the defenders after training, those um, the bits of experience and quality that he can bring to the group. Yeah, so he's been he's been great. He's been everything I hoped and more um, when we entered into the agreement in the summer. Um, like I say, he's been everything I hope for and more. So, um, yeah, he's been he's been absolutely top. So, um, a real good uh, good person. And fans will be excited this week to see the return of of Chem. Is that someone that you've always been looking to to bring back, or is that something that's happened more recently? Yeah, I've been looking looking for it since before the end of last season. It was someone we spoke to um, about it then, and then it didn't materialise over the summer. For a, you know, as football, there's a multitude of reasons and different things that go into to any any transfer happening. So, it didn't quite happen. In, and happened then but um, we've obviously been watching him with a real close eye um, his work he's been doing at Charlton uh, and I think he's been playing extremely well they've played him a bit more central so we know he can do that 10 role but we also really like him playing wide either side um, so yeah I think that it was really important for us in, in January to bring in you know two more players to help GMAC and, and Sads we've got a lot of games coming up a lot of long trips coming up so it's probably unrealistic to expect those guys to be able to play every minute of every game so it was important for us to bring in another couple of players who could utilise in those wide positions and we're really pleased with the two we've got with Gideon and, and now Chem um, I think a lot of both of them and I think I think they're both going to be top players of the future It's you know, really exciting for fans to get you know sort of young and, and talented players from, from higher levels Yeah and I think the, the other thing is that you know one of the things we've done with the loans is, is it doesn't always work out this way but you're all also trying to look at you know, are any of these loans going to be able to be permanent in the future? That's something that we're mindful of. Sometimes it's a development loan where you think you're getting a top player and they're going to go on and have a top career and you might not be able to get them. But you've always got that eye on, you know, is there a possibility of ever making any of these permanent? Um, sometimes it's realistic, sometimes it's not. But, you know, we feel like we've got two good ones in the building in, in January uh, in those two loan signings. And um, we're really looking forward to you know having them here for the next next few months. It must be a really interesting process as well, because obviously fans just see the announcement or they might hear rumours previously, but don't perhaps really appreciate or, or even know kind of what goes into you know bringing them in in the background. It's really interesting when you hear you know a certain player might be someone that you look to bring in at Colchester previously or it's someone that you've seen from from even before that. 
Yeah, I think when I was playing, I always used to hear managers um, go on about how they tried to sign players in the past that, you know, numerous times it's never come off and now they're really pleased to have them. And I always used to think that's just a throwaway line that everyone feels like they need to be polite when they sign someone. But it's actually true. You know, you, there's so many different variables. You know, there's a player, there's a club, there's an agent, um, there's the signing club, there's personal circumstances, there's wages, there's so many other variables that go into it that... You know, it's it's a it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. One minute you think you're good, then you're not, and then it comes good. Or, you know, so it's it, it's a fascinating process, mate. There's loads and loads of hours. I was speaking to a, a director of football at a different club recently, who who put it really well. He said you can spend hours upon hours upon hours um, going round in circles to stand still at the end because you don't actually achieve your your target. And he was kind of right, you know. But it's part of the process. It's been going on for years, and it will go on for years. So it's part of the fun. Uh, I love the human element, getting to speak to people and you know, really kind of being clear in the vision that we've got and how we're moving forward, um, you know, in the way the players are playing currently, you know, we're looking to add to the group and complement the group, not replace um, any of that group that's that's playing at the moment. So, yeah, it's a fascinating process, mate, and one that's been enjoyable so far. A really interesting, uh, Declan going out on loan as well for, for his opportunity to get some more football too. Yeah, Deco, Deco's a boy we think really highly of. Um, I think he's going to have a real good future. Um, but to have that future, he needs to play and develop and keep improving. Um, unfortunately for him and for us, um, since I've been here, he's missed large chunks of, through injury. Um, so, you know, he's, we've, we've tried to get him towards the first team picture here as quickly as we can. But we just feel that the opportunity to go in at Ebsfleet, you know, a club that you know I think a lot of, I know the CEO, Damo, extremely well. I think a lot of him and, you know, we know that they play um, football the right way. We know that they'll help develop him. They took Jack Wakely early in the season, which unfortunately ended with Jack's bad knee injury. So I'm really pleased that um, for both clubs that Deco's able to go there and get some games. And we know that he'll come back a better player. And obviously you won't be able to give too much away, but do you have a particular kind of target in, in mind as to how many uh, more you'd like to see perhaps come in, certainly? No, I think that um, it will depend what opportunities that we can we can uh, do. I, I I kind of have a rough idea of what I want to do and achieve over the next part of the, you know, before the transfer window ends. But it would be um, irrational of me to to make that public. I think that there's definitely, you know, we can strengthen slightly more if we can, um, if everything aligns right and, and correctly. So um, we're still looking to do a little bit more, um, not loads, but a little bit just to make sure that we're, we're as strong as we can be um, heading into the final part of the season. Obviously, after the Lincoln game, you spoke about you know having to concentrate quite a bit on you know not letting in goals late. Is that something you've, you've certainly been working on this week? Yeah, we've we've put some time into it. Absolutely, we have because we have to. You know, those late goals, unfortunately, uh, have affected our points total and our league position because you know they they have affected results. I think in defence of of the players, you know, a couple of them we've been given apologies from the PGMOL. There was a foul at Portsmouth, a foul at Barnsley. The game on Saturday should have stopped at 96 minutes and it didn't stop until over 98 minutes. Um, Lincoln scored on 97-11 and I've been told that that shouldn't have happened. So unfortunately for us, these things are, are going against us, but we have to be as good as we possibly can be um, and make sure that the game can go on for however long and we can see it out at 1-0. I think part of that is we need to try and get 2-3-0 and three nil up if we can, if it's possible at times. I don't want to sit back on 1-0 being ahead um, and maybe because of the way it's happened earlier in the season, it's now sort of psychologically playing on people's minds that it's happened a couple of times. But like I say, um, in defence of my players, Portsmouth was a foul, um, Barnsley was a foul. Saturday, the game should have finished at 96 minutes. They score at 97-11. That erratic nature of injury time where, you know, goalies can be coming up at times or extra players and 
Um, we have to organise ourselves and be a lot more organised in those moments to see the games out. And we have to work on that, absolutely. And I have to look at myself, every decision I make, how I'm organising the team. Um, because, you know, like I say, if we can turn those little moments in our favour, then our points total could be further ahead. And we have to make sure for the, the next part of the season that we, we turn those moments in our favour. And just to give you confidence that, you know, it shouldn't take too much to be able to turn games around as due to the amount of chances and opportunities that you're creating. Yeah, I mean, before Saturday's, before Saturday's games, we'd had 60 shots in the previous three games um, with five unbeaten. Even Port Vale game at home, um, they had two shots on our goal and, and we draw 1-0. Shrewsbury, you know, game before that, when we're at home, they have one shot on our goal and beat us 1-0. We've got to, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of tight games we've been involved in and we have to make sure we're as good as we can be because... You know, no one wants to listen to a manager saying what could and should have happened. We have to make sure that in the future, moving forward, we make it happen because, as I've said before, it's what I'm judged on and what we're judged on. No problem with that. But there's loads of elements of our play that we're really pleased with at the moment. We have to capitalise on that. And obviously you face a, a team on Saturday, Port Vale, who, who were one of those teams which scored late against you. So you'll be you know, doubly careful not to let that happen again. Yeah, and I think we have to keep the emphasis and the focus on the first part of the game. We have to get to that point and be good enough to get to that point ahead. So... We can't just focus on that. Um, we have to still be building and creating the chances that we have been recently, still be trying, playing on the front foot, still pressing as high as we possibly can when it's right to do so, um, making sure we're we're solid and compact when it's right to do so and making those decisions in the right moment. So, yeah, listen, there's, there's lots to consider. There's lots to work on, um, as always, irrespective of the results. There's always lots to work on, but... You know, I think we need to keep a little bit of context. To, it was a draw on Saturday and we didn't lose the game. We're in a good spot uh, and we have to keep moving forward and, and improving. And just finally, it'd be great to get your reaction. We spoke to a certain Gareth Ainsworth this week about his band's debut album and he was talking about how great it was to have the, the combination of football and music and we explained that you didn't have that because it was highlighted that you wouldn't be performing at the Christmas Light Switch on, but he said that he has heard you sing and that he'd be keen to get you on stage at one of his gigs in a back, backing vocals capacity. Yeah, if he's heard me sing, there is absolutely no way that he's going to want me in any anywhere near the stage or anywhere near his uh, his music. The gaffer. No, uh, look, I think that the mutual respect we have. We had dinner a couple of weeks ago. We keep on touch on the phone all the time. Um, you know, the mutual love and respect will always be there. Um, but his music far out uh, weighs my music, and uh, that's something that I will not be looking to compete on. I think it's safe to say that's the manager ruling himself out of an on-stage appearance uh, with Gareth Band. But you never know, that might change. <laughs> A lot does, doesn't it, in football? Uh, Wickham Wanderers are playing away at Port Vale on Saturday. Of course, if you're not going to the game, you'll have the whole match live here with Phil. Uh, kickoff is at three, build-up from two, and then we've got another game Tuesday night, 7.45 up at Wigan. Uh, we've got uh, Ringing the Blues as part of the build-up to that as well, uh, which you can hear as well as uh, on Wickham Sound, on Wanderers. TV as well and uh, lots of brilliant Wicked Wanderers content to keep across as well hope you've enjoyed the show fantastic to chat to Cedo John Barty a reminder that our full chat with Gareth about the cold-blooded hearts is on the Wicked Wanderers podcast feed so you can listen to that and in its entirety I can definitely recommend some of the songs as well uh, some real kind of blues and rock and, and brilliant uh, feels to, to the, the many songs that you get on the album as well if you like uh, that sort of music and as I say make sure you keep an ear out because uh, he says that uh, he'll be pleased to uh, join us on the show and chat about his time playing and managing at the club as well so that's definitely something to look forward to in future weeks uh, do make sure you can join us next week but if you're not around on a Thursday at 7 uh, as a reminder you might be listening to it now there's a podcast version of the show available wherever you get your podcast from it's on the Wickham Sound radio player page and on YouTube 
and on the listen again feature on the website wickhamsound.org.uk have a great win uh, have a great win have a great week and let's hope for a win uh, three points on Saturday and of course Tuesday will be fantastic as well look forward to speaking to you again very soon